Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 117th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio here in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? Tonight. It's, how are you doing tonight? It's late. Oh, right? that's true. Yeah, we it's, are. It's literally almost morning. Missouri it's, Sports it's Podcast late. after dark. Yeah. And we're back in the studio, back in person. No more Zoom. We've, uh, we, we're out of COVID jail. We're free and healthy, most importantly. Feels good. Yeah, feels great. You would say. That's the word. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> Kyle, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Ooh. So, you know, I don't, instead of hearing why you're great, let's hear why you're thankful. This is a, this is a good, this time of year to reflect. Oh, yeah. On everything that we're, we're thankful for. So, uh, there's a lot of things. Um, okay. I'm thankful to have my uh, taste and smell back. That's oh, yeah. that's a big one. Uh, I'm thankful for my job that I had a job th- throughout all of COVID. Family, friends, great podcast buddies. There's all kinds of stuff. What about you? Yeah, all of that. Um, I'm thankful to be yeah back here in person, live with you guys. Um. More specifically, I am thankful for Mizzou basketball is back, folks. I was going to say I'm also thankful for Tyler Beatty. I forgot to get that one in there. <laughs> That's a good one. It, keep them coming. Oh, whatever you want to be thankful for. I'm thankful for uh, our listeners. Illinois football. Illinois football. There you go. Uh, I'm very thankful for our listeners. I was going to end that. I was going to say that one for oh, last. Oh, I'm but, sorry. Um, I ruined the climax. <laughs> well. Um, I'm thankful for our listeners or viewers. Some of you are the same, one and the same. Uh, the the day ones, the OGs, have been with us since since almost three years ago. Wow. Thankful, thankful for all of you. Uh, thankful, thankful for thankful we don't have to do manscaped ads anymore. That's true. <laughs> yep. Although, if they if they want to pay us, we'll do it. <laughs> We're still open to it. Yes. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm not above it. <laughs> um, anything else? Probably. I'm thankful for Eli Drinkwitz, <clears throat> Connor Bazelak, uh, Larry Roundtree. list goes on. Nick Bolton. You ready to talk about some news? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> we, we, got, we have a jam-packed show. We have so much to talk about. We have a huge news section. Just kidding. We're going to talk about South Carolina football game, Vanderbilt upcoming football game, the first basketball game of the year against Oral Roberts, and then, as promised, <laughs> the annual basketball Mizzou basketball three-on-three draft. First, this news item, Dylan Spencer is transferring. Yeah, it seems like every week we're talking about somebody transferring from the football team uh, there's so many reasons why y- you might transfer out of a program. Oftentimes it's playing time. I don't think that's what it was this time. Dylan Spencer had been getting some playing time recently, especially with all the attrition issues on the on the O-line recently. He was involved, I think, in the... I'm pretty sure he was one of the people that was suspended from the Florida game at halftime uh, for all those shenanigans. But uh, <clears throat> oh, whenever there's a coaching change, just... There's just very naturally going to be changes in culture, changes in coaching style, obviously. 
all of those things. There's so many things that change within a program whenever there's a coaching change. And so sometimes you, when you commit to a program and it, and there's turnover, then it doesn't quite fit your needs and your, your wants anymore. And that's perfectly reasonable. So hopefully I think he is going to move back home to Mississippi. And <clears throat> I mentioned this on Twitter, uh, another player, um, that was in this most recent class, Mantra Edwards. I believe he and Dylan Spencer were friends that kind of came to Mizzou together and Mantra Edwards transferred earlier this semester. So maybe he was just feeling kind of homesick and didn't feel like he didn't have many friends or something. I don't know. Who knows? But it's all speculation, but we wish him the best wherever he's going to end up. Absolutely. Let's talk about the South Carolina game. Uh, Mizzou won. That's the most important thing. They are three and three now on the season. Um, where to begin with this one? I, I got to say, just kind of my thoughts off the top of my head, I was frustrated watching this football game. Even when things were going well in the first half, there was just something not quite right. And once again, it was related to the offense. And then the second half hit, and it just got worse. So... Even though there were some good plays made by Mizzou players and the outcome is very much desirable, there was just something about it just left a bit to be desired. And I was frustrated, especially when South Carolina started mounting a little bit of a comeback. I was just like, no, I'm not here for this. I I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, the game started off pretty well. Um, And honestly, even at halftime, I felt really good. I felt encouraged, and by the end of the game, I was just kind of like, well, we got the win, and I guess that's all yeah. that matters, but I was not as encouraged at the end of the game as I was at halftime, and uh, I mean, yeah, it just there just wasn't much that happened in the second half of this game, and um, <clears throat> Coach Drinkwitz kind of admitted that, uh, and maybe this is kind of coach speak, I don't know, but I do like a, a quality about him that he tends to come out and kind of... <clears throat> admit to his wrongdoings sure. in, in a game or something or, a little bit yeah, yeah he definitely he definitely does but he he said that he wished he would have probably called the game a little bit more aggressively in the second half I th- and I could feel that watching the game <clears throat> it felt like they were kind of trying to just run the ball run the clock and just get out of there with a win which is exactly what they did but I definitely felt like it was way too early to just start pounding the run every single every single play yeah in the beginning of the third quarter right yeah, uh, focusing just for a moment a little bit longer on the first half, um, the defense was spectacular. I'm going to give you a rundown of all of South Carolina's first half possessions. Turnover on downs, punt, 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 punt. That was South Carolina's first half. And with that very first possession, they kind of showed, hey, we maybe know that we can't rely on our defense in this game so we have a fourth and manageable fourth and short in the you know kind of no man's land field position we're going to go for it and Missouri defense stopped them and just put it into that right away and that's something I think this Mizzou defense has been able to get off the field remarkably well this year Mm -hmm. and even against more high-powered offenses they just have their moments where when they need a stop, they come up with it, and they just don't allow the opposing offense to really get going and find mm-hmm. a rhythm. And they absolutely did that in the first half here. And Missouri's offense did show some life. They scored all 17 of their points in the first half. Some spectacular plays. I mean, that 
touchdown pass to Toski Dove, that throw and catch were mm-hmm. remarkable. I agree. And honestly, uh, I'm not usually a huge fan of the of the goal line fade, <clears throat> but it worked really well. And you've got a, a guy like Toski Dove who, who's very sure-handed. And, and they wanted it bad, and too. He's pretty big. They were yeah. going to go to him on the other side of the field before South Carolina took a timeout. I texted yeah. you and I was like, I think they wanted Dove on a fade. Yep. And then they did it right after you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I immediately just I realized I, I think they know Toski Dove is probably the most sure-handed wide receiver they have at this point. And so I, I tweeted something about that. And uh, Do- Dominic Jacinto actually uh, quote tweeted that and confirmed this is actually definitely true. Yeah. Actually, definitely is what I actually said. definitely probably. And definitely. Uh, so a little firsthand confirmation there um, that Toski Dove is very talented, great, great hands. And uh, I'm sure they will uh, continue to go back to him on plays like that in the in the end zone. But he's been a, a very pleasant surprise in the season. You know, we heard good things in, uh, on him in the offseason and uh, knew about him coming in and all that stuff. But he's really um, performed really well this year and, and earned that starting spot. Yeah, unfortunately, the touchdown catch was one of his two, only two receptions on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a Kiki Chisholm sighting. Yeah, he had a good game. One, definitely his, one big catch, but uh, also just six catches for almost 60 yards. Yeah, definitely his best game of the season, and he was the most targeted by far. Uh, I'm pretty sure Damon Hazleton no catches. Did he ever no targets. see the field? I don't, I don't even know. know that he was ever out there. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, I, it's just really strange, like unpredictable arc for a lot of these yeah. guys. It seemed like Brett Bannister played every single snap. Yeah. That's probably not true, but that's what it seemed like. Yeah, you mentioned the defense. Um, yeah. The I, I'm just continually blown away by how good the defensive line has been, considering everything that's been happening. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen Kobe Whiteside since like the second or third game of the season. Uh, hopefully, we're going to get him back soon. But was Mark Elitzi suspended for the first half? I think he was supposed to be. I think he was. Yeah. So I, I mean, just a lot of our starters, our normal starters, are gone. Um, they put. Cannon York out there. He's a walk-on. Not anymore. Not anymore. And uh, he performed really well. I think he started and uh, played really well and uh, earned earned that scholarship, and uh, which is really cool. I, I love those kind of stories, but um, he earned it, definitely. And so it, it's just crazy to see how they're just kind of throwing guys out there and they're just playing phenomenally. Yeah. And, of course, I mean, Nick Bolton had a great game. The safeties had a great game. Um, Bolton was making plays. There was one play in particular where he tackled, uh, what's his name, Kevin uh, Harris, where Harris was kind of like going to the far side of the field, and Bolton was kind of tracking him parallel. And then he just just jetted through this hole in the line of scrimmage and tripped him up for a tackle for loss. Man, he's so good. He truly does everything well. Like he just is uh, spatial awareness his closing speed, um, his pursuit angles, everything about Nick Bolton's play is just fantastic. Luke Doty, who we'll get to in a, in a bit, he gave him a little bit of trouble. He was giving the linebackers some trouble. Yeah, um, We'll circle back around to that. Um, since the offense did absolutely nothing in the second half, uh, we'll finish talking about some of the offensive highlights. Uh, Bazelak, um Let's see here. Completed 21 passes for 200 yards and one touchdown, one interception. Yeah, that interception was horrendous. Yeah, that was really that bad. Was maybe that, a touchdown. Yeah, he underthrew that by like five yards yeah. or more. <laughs> and it looked like I, I watched the replay of that maybe 15 times trying to understand what happened there. And it looked like he just like just 
never he, he like he just gauged it wrong yeah and was he on the run a little bit that's what they said but again i watched it back and the pressure really didn't he does get hit at the end of that play but he had all the time he needed to actually make the throw he just didn't put enough on it mm. and it was like he was throwing kind of a, like a touch pass like he was just going to float it over somebody's head but i don't know it looked like he needed to load up and really put that ball out there for his guy to run under it. I mean, I can't remember who the receiver was, but he had a step. And then both guys had to stop and turn around. Mm -hmm. And it was just an easy, easy interception. Yeah, that was not a good play. And uh, his line, you know, sounds okay when you read it off uh, like that. Um, I still think this was probably his weakest game of the season so far. Um, he did enough to get the job done, but, you know, he, he kind of struggled at times in this game. Uh, what do you think about uh, idiots on Twitter saying that we need a new quarterback? Was that happening? <laughs> yes. I personally didn't see that. But, who, I mean, who, well, who's going to go in there? Because I'm pretty sure Sh- Sean Robinson is uh, – I don't. he's unavailable. I'm, I don't know if he has some COVID concerns or what's going on or whatever. Injuries, I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of uh, Tyler Macon fans. Uh, really ready for him to step up but that's sort of you know backup quarterback syndrome yeah I'm not there yet at all (laughs) I you know South Carolina's defense isn't great and we should have been better against them but I'm I'm not there yet Larry Roundtree had 21 carries for only 58 yards a whopping 2.8 yards per carry did find the end zone once Mm -hmm. Uh, Tyler Beatty kind of did his thing only 10 touches uh, but four of those were receptions for 54 yards and uh, he actually was a little bit more successful one additional yard per carry over Roundtree yeah he seemed to which he does a lot of the time seems to kind of come in and provide a little bit of a spark Um, I don't know sometimes I I don't know if we become a little bit one-dimensional especially whenever Bazelak is not being super threatening through the air and maybe that's what happened a little bit in the second half as we just kind of became a little bit one-dimensional. And uh, I don't know, but Ty- Beatty definitely looked pretty good on a couple of those receptions. He's so good at uh, making guys miss. And just I remember yeah, one, one was just easy. One play in particular, I think he caught the ball around the line of scrimmage and had a guy right on him and some, fi- found a way to get a first down. Yeah. And just he's just really elusive. His biggest play, there was just nobody around him. And he scampered for like 25 yards. Mm-hmm. Um it seemed like Bazelak was just off on a lot of throws. Yeah. I just remember him missing Barrett Bannister in particular. It seemed like Bannister was targeted like 10 times, uh, but only ended up with four catches. And I feel like, you know, there was a handful of other passes that just were way off. Yeah. Or just sailed out of bounds or something. Um, Harrison Mevis, one for one on field goals. And... We already talked about Nick Bolton, but he finished the game with 14 tackles, two of those for a loss. He's incredible. I really felt like it seems like every single year something really strange happens in the South Carolina game. Um, obviously, the monsoon a few years ago, uh, the 100-plus yard pick six from from uh, from Perkins a couple – was that last year? Mm-hmm. Um the Debo Samuel kickoff return for a touchdown and then Mizzou shut down after that play. You know, this, there's always some either uh, one particular play or just some kind of weird ex- circumstance 
that stands out about that game every single year and i was just waiting for uh, for that thing to happen whatever it may be but uh it looked I, like it was gonna be luke Doty. i really thought it was gonna be the backup quarterback because that's another th- storyline from him obviously a few years a few years ago was connor shaw yeah um so i thought that going might, way back uh, yeah that's yeah. way back yeah, yeah. that's the, we don't want to go there big yikes but uh, i definitely thought that we could be entering that territory for a little while there. yeah absolutely so um i started to tell you this earlier and we decided to save it for when we we're actually recording um Mike Bobo was trending on Twitter, I noticed, during the game. He's a good guy. And, uh, yeah, of course, he deserves it. Uh, however, he was trending for a not-so-great reason. Um, South Carolina fans were done with Colin Hill. So he started the game 6 for 10 for 39 yards passing, mm-hmm. and he was getting sacked, which Mizzou's uh, uh, defensive line not known for getting a lot of pressure. Not this year. Uh, or last year, yeah. and they didn't bring anybody in, you know, special to start getting to the quarterback. But they were getting to Colin Hill, and South Carolina fans were done with him, and they were starting to be done with Mike Bobo in his first uh, interim head coaching game. Yeah. And they wanted Luke Doty. They wanted Ryan Helensky. And uh, I actually saw a... It was a tweet that was just a screenshot of a Deshaun Watson tweet. Deshaun Watson, quarterback of the Houston Texans. This was an old tweet of him saying, Mike Bobo didn't want me to be his quarterback at Georgia. Of course, Mike Bobo was previously quarterback's coach at Georgia. And apparently, unless I got fooled by a fake tweet, he said no thanks to Deshaun Watson, who ended up winning a national championship at Clemson. Well, that's interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of those kind of stories where really successful players have gotten passed on by certain coaches and stuff, but that's not a great look for Mike Bobo. No, and that was was the kind of stuff that was getting thrown around by Mm. the South Carolina fan base that night. Well, and we talked about this a little bit last week on our preview that Mike Bobo came from Colorado State. Uh, Colin Hill was his quarterback there. So he, he brought his guy, he transferred over, and I think he got immediate eligibility this season, or maybe that was, I don't know. But that's his guy. And so we definitely thought that there's no way Colin Hill gets pulled out of this game. Um, but we were wrong. What we what we were even more wrong on was who was going to come in to right. be the backup quarterback. Yeah, I was. I never heard of this guy. I never heard of Doty. Obviously, we're familiar with Helensky, and he's been decent in the past, so I just assumed he was the backup quarterback, but yeah. he was not. Yeah, I mean, like we said in the preview, it was not that Colin Hill beat out Luke Doty for the starting job. He beat out Ryan Helensky. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, Mike Bobo chose him to yeah to win the job at least. Right, exactly. <laughs> Potentially, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Luke Doty came in and he is a threat on the ground in a way that Colin Hill definitely is not, and he gave Mizzou problems. Yeah, uh, there was one play in particular where he actually managed to make. Uh, Nick Bolton looked bad where Bolton had a straight shot at him and he just kind of sidestepped him and ran for a first down. Yeah. And he did that a few times. Another one where he made uh, Wilkins look bad, um, you know, getting to the second level and just making guys miss. Mm-hmm. That, when, when you look at the stats afterwards, though, only 11 carries for 59 yards, but they were seemed like big yards in the yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just clear that Missouri did not game plan for a mobile quarterback and they got caught off guard a little bit. That's that was definitely happening. And um, you know, that's 
every once in a while you can make the case for you know bringing in the backup quarterback or something like that and sometimes it works and you see it in the nfl a lot of times uh guys are really successful in their first ever game and then aren't successful ever again or you know or, or not as much as they were because of game plan and, and stylistically guys play the game differently right. and so clearly that's what happened was Doty was was playing uh, this game much differently than Hill was and he was a lot more mobile and uh you know it's, it wasn't like he was incredible or yeah. anything but he was moving the ball right yeah they South Carolina had very few truly successful offensive plays in this game and they were pretty much all made possible by by Luke Doty and his mobility mm-hmm because he was extending plays, rolling out of the pocket, finding guys, you know, that were able to get themselves open literally only because he was able to hold the ball so long. Mm-hmm. And some of those were just excruciating. Yeah. I mean, he was holding the ball for a long time and then finding guys for first downs through the air. Yeah. I really don't want to know what this game would have looked like if they had Shy Smith. <laughs> Oh, I know. Because he's a very yeah. dynamic player. I mean, you never want to see an injury. You want to face other teams, at, you know, full strength. Yeah. And, you know, you just like seeing the best right. players in the SEC when you get a chance to play against them. But Yeah, he's definitely an NFL talent. Yeah, he went down after one catch. Yeah. I think they said he was getting like 40% plus of their target share. Yeah. So that's enormous. Yeah. That was incredibly lucky for Missouri. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see... What happens if Luke Doty is the, named the starter before the game? Either. Yeah. Now maybe if it was early enough, they would have game plan for it. But if you're gonna switch up the starter, you're gonna do it last minute. So there's definitely uh, that the whole second half. I mean, I I read uh, uh, South Carolina's first half possessions. I got to be fair here. Here's Missouri's second half possessions. Punt, 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 punt. It's pretty good kneel end of game so wow um yeah i guess let's talk about that uh devin nicholson interception to ice it that was huge that's what you need sometimes in these toss-up games uh which by the way this i mean this is a big win because these are the kind of games that you that you have to win i think missouri was favored by five and a half yeah so yeah you look at the you look at this game at the beginning of the year and this is always a toss-up game this is a, a team that's on par with missouri and recruiting and, and typically in the standings and it's a game you want to win every year but uh and, and takeaways are a lot of times what can can win these games that are close and that are really meaningful and yeah he was a terrible pass from Doty, but i mean yeah. nicholson played it really well he was exactly yeah. where he needed to be maybe yeah Doty's only real bad play of the game yeah and I, I, you uh what were the what were the final results of your poll that you sent out um you you just uh, said uh, are you nervous yeah it was like maybe around the end of the third quarter or so but it was so, when it was when missouri's offense was clearly not doing anything in and south, south carolina, carolina made it a one possession game yes and uh i believe about 75 percent uh said yes i'm nervous i i answered no and my ans- my reasoning was I wasn't nervous. I was very frustrated, though. Yeah. Yeah, I a couple was, people said, like, not nervous. They got it in the bag, and uh, those people ended up being right. But uh, I don't blame anybody for being anxious or nervous in that spot at all. I was getting a little bit nervous. But Yeah. When, when South Carolina had the ball driving, maybe, maybe it wasn't yet a drive, but – they had the ball with the ability to go down and tie it. 
I was not happy. Yeah. And then thankfully, yeah, where was Doty going with that ball? I have no idea. I have no idea. There was there was nothing. Awful. Yeah. Did you see that Nicholson like went through the handshake line wearing the yes. the, the freaking turnover uh, robe? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which as far as turnover gimmicks go, of course I'm going to say this about Mizzou, but that's not the worst one. You know, there's yeah. turnover chains and yeah. turnover like I think I think one school had a turnover chainsaw <laughs> that they <laughs> had remember, on the sideline. Um, I don't know why I just thought of this, but I guess I'm thinking of random sideline props. I don't know if it was turnover related, but do you remember when Tennessee had that like trash can a few years ago? There were so it many memes that, meme, that yeah. came from that. I have no idea why they had that, but uh, that was they did that to themselves, which is hilarious. Yeah. When I think trash can now, I only think of uh, the Houston Astros like cheating by hitting a trash can with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turnover robe. So he went through the, the handshake line with it. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? Maybe he forgot he was wearing it. It's a very Probably not. piece of clothing. I'm sure he didn't forget. <laughs> it's very memorable clothing. Yeah. <laughs> the social media had fun with it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything else on this one? I'm just kind of floored. You take a 17-0 halftime lead and then final score i i was having to tell myself at halftime like okay they could still score 30 points in this game oh yeah and i was maybe i shouldn't bring this up because i'm making myself like an absolute fool but i mean in our preview we were i mean i was thinking both teams are going to score in every possession man i was so wrong this was like the i didn't think south carolina's offense had it in them but i thought that this game could be like what, what did i predict like 45 to 30 something yeah so I, I I had Mizzou in the 40s as well. I predicted I South Carolina had given up almost 40 points a game and without four defensive starters. Yeah, it's it's a little concerning for Missouri's offense, that's for sure. And uh, I mean, they got to bounce back this week, um, and they get a pretty good opportunity to do that. But yeah, I don't have know. to the the running game. They just never really could get anything going. Yeah, I think the team averaged like under three yards per carry, and they're they're playing some no offense kind of random dudes out there on offensive line they're kind of just putting it all together out there but but south carolina is basically doing the same thing on the defensive line exactly it's not like they have nfl draft picks rolling out there yeah missouri's defense did their job yeah great great game from the defense great game from the punter i think oh wow i don't know if i was publicly on this very podcast negative about his performance a couple weeks ago uh, but it was not the best, and he bounced back in a yeah. huge way. SEC uh, Special Teams Player of the Week. Yeah. And two punts down, like, at the one-yard line. You know, I'm not really uh, – uh, I wouldn't consider myself someone that knows a lot about punting well, or punters in general, but it seems like Grant McInnes is definitely not, like, a power punter, sure. but whenever he doesn't have a whole lot of field to cover, he seems very – precise very yeah. accurate he definitely wasn't this one yeah and i think that was i mean that was a huge part of this game when you're talking about a one possession game yeah pinning yeah the field s- position south carolina deep and i mean that allowed you know obviously you played yeah play the field position game that gives missouri a couple opportunities with a short field on the end of a south carolina punt gotta have it in some of these games but i'm kind of scared that he'll revert you know a little bit of regression back to the mean in uh, yeah. one of these other games i don't know if we can really expect him to like massively flip the field or anything like right. there's going to be no 
huge like when 60 70 yard from, punt or when anything he's punting from near midfield you know just yeah. on mizzou's he's side of excellent midfield then i'm going to be pretty confident but when we're pinned deep then probably the other team's going to have decent field position yeah but he was excellent against south carolina what else we got here that was the whole south carolina game pretty much uh they held kevin harris to 58 yards on 16 carries yeah when you score five touchdowns in a game i think you show up on the scattering report it's pretty fair to assume all right so now missouri has an excellent opportunity to have a winning record which i don't think i would have ever predicted them to have a winning record at any point this season mm. but they get vanderbilt at home saturday morning now last year missouri played vanderbilt do you remember this game yeah do you remember our preview for that game um not really because there wasn't much of one it went something like this vanderbilt's bad missouri's gonna win so we we need to respect our opponent. We do. We disrespected Vanderbilt last year we, on this podcast. We definitely did. And it caused Barry Odom his job. Yeah, we got him fired. So, <laughs> that being said, Vanderbilt is 0-7. They are worse than they were last year. They are averaging 16 points per game and giving up 36 points per game. Hey, they held their own against Florida. Did they? Yeah. 38 to 17. I think, I, they were, I think they were leading in that game at one point, like 10 to 7. It's pretty impressive. That's that's pretty impressive. Uh, let's take a look at the roster real quick. Ken Seals is their starting quarterback. Mm. And their number one running back is Keon Henry Brooks. Yeah, they, they had Keyshawn Vaughn um, last year, who was one of the better backs in the SEC, uh, and they don't have him anymore. No. Uh, Ken Seals, quarterback, uh, 1,600 yards, 66% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. So a very Colin Hill-esque yeah. stat line so far for him this season. Yeah. And they do not have a running back like Kevin Harris. They don't have a wide receiver like Shai Smith. No. I don't know what you want me to tell you, Kyle, but Missouri's going to win this game. I agree. And if it's only a one-score game like the South Carolina game was, then I will be not happy. Derek Mason called uh, Connor Bays like a young Ben Roethlisberger. What do you think about that? Well, both from Ohio. True. Maybe that's where he's getting that. Yeah. Minus the allegations, hopefully. Yeah. Um, is Connor Bays like a young? You know, I didn't watch a lot of Ben Roethlisberger's freshman season at uh, Miami, Ohio. That's so true. I didn't either. I don't. Maybe. I guess Derek Mason maybe did. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if uh, Connor Bays like looks more like Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger underthrows that guy, whoever Probably was streaking down the sideline by five yards. Probably not. Guys, but i got to be honest. i got to take a bathroom break. Really? Okay. Yeah. First time ever on the podcast. Well, Sorry everyone has to edit this podcast. Well, <laughs> no. sorry to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> BRB. We'll be right back.
so are we respecting Vanderbilt this year, Kyle? Absolutely. Let's hear it. Because I'll give you that opportunity. Missouri is not good enough to just sleepwalk through this game. Vanderbilt's bad, but they're still a Division One college football team, an FBS program in the SEC. Power Five. Power Five. SEC. They're best uh, conference. Anchor down, and so Missouri has to re- respect their opponent. They got to get through the game, and because I mean South Carolina is a lot better than Vanderbilt. And Missouri could not move the ball against South Carolina for an entire half of play. We just talked about that. I mean, I think this game could honestly be kind of ugly, kind of low scoring. Vanderbilt only lost to Texas A&M by five. Top five team in the country, Texas yeah. A&M. That was a long time ago. Yeah. It's the first game of the season. but I would not be surprised to see this game pretty close within – I, I don't know that Missouri wins this game more than like ten points, honestly. I think Vanderbilt I, I, score. I think Vanderbilt covers. I think Missouri wins twenty to ten. Well, when I was kind of preparing for this episode, I asked my wife what her pick would be. And she said Mizzou twenty four to seventeen. She just had that gut feeling, huh? Yeah. Wow. Uh, she does know a lot about Vanderbilt. That, that, <laughs> that sounds like a score I would predict. You know, just like what's like the most common football score known to man? Yeah, she definitely. Give me that plus or minus 10 points. Yeah, she got the like football intervals correct. Well, I told her um, what Vanderbilt's average points per game and opposing and Missouri's average and opposing. Okay. And that's what she came up with. That's a great. That's a great prediction. She wanted to just give, she just wanted to say at first that each team would give up exactly their season average to each other. And <laughs> I was like, uh, you can do that if you want, but she needs a little bit of guidance. But yeah, but she got there. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I don't think I don't think Vanderbilt scores seventeen points. Give me twenty-four to thirteen, Missouri. Okay. Now, that's. I've just seen this happen too many times yeah. where Maybe. it's like we don't really think about this game. But was South Carolina that game? I mean, we thought Missouri was going to score in the 40s. Did they get it out of their system and they're going to bounce back in a big way? I hope so. Against an overmatched fan. I hope team. so. I don't know. I don't know. Does a Coach Drinkwood's coached team overlook Vanderbilt? But I don't know. It's tough. I think he has to have them understanding having a winning record. Like they could legitimately be ranked in the yeah. top twenty-five. They really could. I think they're only like three or four spots out right now. Mm-hmm. They they'd be twenty-eight if they. Went That's that insane. Far. That is. They they could be a top twenty-five team if they win this game. There's there's your motivation right there. Kyle, I feel like we're we are one we are ones to. Pump sunshine, as the kids say. I would not. Do the kids say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've heard kids say it. Okay. I, um, I would not be voting this Missouri team in the top 25. Now, maybe I am just not in touch with the landscape very well and that bottom. Well, have you seen Nebraska play? Well, we'll get to that. 
Uh, I wouldn't be voting Nebraska in the top 25 either. Maybe maybe they're just running out of teams, but <laughs> yeah. uh, 25 doesn't seem like that many. And for Missouri to be right on the fringe of that, I don't know. It doesn't seem quite right. I don't think they've really shown – I mean, LSU is not very good. Kentucky is okay. I don't know. It seems kind of weird, but maybe it's just kind of a weird year for college football. It's a weird football. year. We it just that. doesn't take that much sometimes, honestly. With uh, I There's just some really strange occurrences uh, going on. And like Penn State is like winless. You know, just That's weird. Some teams that are normally good aren't, aren't quite there this year. Penn State, that's maybe the weirdest thing in college football. And there's Penn State fans that want James Franklin gone. And there's high-profile schools that would welcome him with open arms. Oh, yeah. Literally, he might be the next coach of the USC Trojans. And if... Is that a better job than Penn State? Penn State after... weather. Better weather. <laughs> Penn State after they don't win a game all year, probably. Historically, though. Uh, yes. It probably is. That's a pretty premier program. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I. But it all ties in because he used to coach at Vanderbilt. Comes full circle. Mm. Maybe Vanderbilt would welcome him back. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet that. they would. <laughs> <laughs> Vanderbilt's almost not even that bad of a place to to coach you're in the sec you have your leash is so long you can lose you can go winless and everyone's just like it's okay there's always next year right that's what Derek mason does like almost every year and they they, i think he's still pretty popular yeah win three or four games yeah hey wow this is a this is probably a tougher year for vanderbilt because like the all sec schedule is brutal (laughs) especially for teams at the bottom they kind of need some of those non-conference games to to give them some confidence but and hopefully they don't get that this weekend because we gave an opportunity to for Derek Mason to to strut his stuff last year, and he did that on a yeah. post-game interview. So yeah. I that game, that one game that. probably affected two coaches' jobs in very opposite ways. Man, weird things that can happen when you lose to Vanderbilt. <laughs> I don't want to see it again. But we're both predicting a win. We are. And don't be surprised if Missouri, you know, puts it on them. But I just can't bring myself to predict it. Ready to pick the rest of the SEC? Let's pick them. Alrighty. You both gained five points last week. Kyle has 39. Cameron has 37. Did neither one of us get an upset correct? No. You picked, you picked Tennessee. They were 10-point underdogs. Thank you for doing that. Well, who did they play? Auburn. Auburn. Auburn or something. Auburn's not good. They're not. Wait, was Illinois not? We both picked Illinois, so we're even. But those, that was an upset, right? Yeah. Okay, so you both got six points. Yeah. Man. Illinois. That was a great pick. Yeah. You talked me into it. You I shouldn't know. have. You, I don't know what I was thinking. You didn't want to pick them. I didn't either, though. You thought, <laughs> it, was, you thought it was a joke. <laughs> we just yeah. did it together, basically. We we did. We disrespected the opponent on behalf of Nebraska and, and caused them to lose. What a joke. I have to remember that we have that power. We do. Anyway, 
Game number one, Kentucky at number six, Florida. Florida is a 25-point favorite. Florida by a million. Florida by a million. Kyle Trask for Heisman. Game number two, LSU at number five, Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Texas A&M by a million. A&M by 14. Okay. You still – they're a top five team. They shouldn't be. They beat Florida already. Yeah, well, good for them. Wow. They beat Vanderbilt by five. Wow. <laughs> that was before they started filling the stadium. That's true. 12th man. <laughs> uh, game number three is Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. The Egg Bowl. Egg Bowl. Is any player going to pretend to urinate and cost their team the game this year? I'm pretty sure Elijah Moore still plays for them, so probably. Redemption. I'll pick Ole Miss. That's actually that's a storyline yeah. going into this. The guy that lost the game by pretending to urinate after a celebration is here to redeem himself by not pretending to urinate. <laughs> oh, did you say Ole Miss is a favorite? Yeah, by nine and a half. I started listening to a podcast in the middle of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> podcast section. Oh, yeah. Ole Miss is uh, nine and a half. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, I'll take Ole Miss. Me too. Uh, you gonna Mississippi pick? State kept it close against Georgia. That is true. Give me Ole Miss. Who's a bigger fraud, Georgia or Texas A&M? <sighs> I know you think it about both of them. <laughs> Do we have to pick a Georgia game? Yeah. Okay, let's wait. Save it. All right. Uh, Number nine, Georgia at South Carolina. Georgia is a 21.5 point favorite. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to win that one. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) Okay, so back to my question. Who wins Georgia or A&M? This is not an actual game happening, at least not this week. I guess Georgia. (laughs) That's probably who I'd pick. Do they play? Probably not. It, actually, it's a pretty good chance they do. It seems like most SEC teams play each other this year. I wish Missouri played Auburn instead of Alabama. Yeah, that'd, actually, that'd probably be a good game. Well, anyway. Anyway. Um, game number five, number 22, Auburn at number one, Alabama. The Iron what Bowl. You, what do you no think? Nick Saban or Lou Saban. Really? Neither of them. <laughs> Nick Saban's got got COVID for real this time. <laughs> no, uh, g- no, give me Alabama. What were you saying? You want to know the spread? Oh, sure. No, I want you to guess the spread. Oh, Alabama by 21 and a half. That's exa- I was going to say 21. Close enough. 24. Okay. Yeah, Alabama's going to win. By a million. <sighs> okay. Oh. Nebraska <laughs> at... <laughs> <laughs> that was so depressing. Iowa. <laughs> what I say? Iowa's a thirteen and a half point. It, I had actually, you, I had actually wonder like, well, what do you, what do you so upset about? <laughs> and then I remembered. <laughs> well, you know, I don't even know who they're. Uh, I didn't hear who they're playing, and I don't care. The uh, whoever they're playing, give me them. Iowa. Iowa by a million. Yep. Oh, we picked the same game. It, this was a terrible week for pick'em. Like literally, you pick South Carolina. I did not. You can. <laughs> Oh, I thought you. <laughs> I thought I thought that's what you said. I said you picked South Carolina. I absolutely did not. Let's make sure that's clear. 
Uh, unfortunately, yeah, we're picking the same teams because the lo- smallest sp- spread is like 10. Yeah. I should have teased before we did that. Like, if you just are so used to turning off the podcast right before this awful segment, yeah, you're going to miss basketball. You're going to miss the best. So You're going to miss the good segment. Hope you're happy. <laughs> is that all we got? Yeah. We picked exactly yeah, we the same that games. Up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We might as well have just not picked anything. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you ready to talk about some basketball? Yeah. Kyle, I was giddy today thinking about the idea of going home and watching Mizzou basketball this mm. evening. I was thinking about it all day. What a delight. Mm-hmm. Man. And we got to watch it. And it was a great game. They put it on them. They played Oral Roberts, and it was not close. It was a little close at the very beginning. Oral Roberts was able to make some three-pointers. I don't know what kind of team Oral Roberts is this year, but honestly, in the last five to ten years, they've been decent. They've had some really good years. Um, they beat our uh, local Missouri State Bears last year. They did. They've, it seems like they play Missouri State about every year. I think sometimes. I think a couple of times they played them twice in the same year recently. But um, on that, that's a that's a decent mid-major program and um, honestly, winning this game by whatever it was, 25, 30 points. That's that's something to to be happy about for oh, sure yeah. yeah obviously we didn't preview this game specifically um we touched on it in our full season preview if we had previewed this game i don't know that we have a ton to say about oral roberts to be honest with you i wouldn't have guessed missouri would score 91 points their defense is not that good i would have that would have been one of my only things to tell you their defense is not great they lost two seniors that were big minutes guys and they brought back i would have mispronounced his name apparently it's awesomes or something um but uh max max awesomes there's a b in there apparently you just don't pronounce it (laughs) and uh kevin o'banner yes those two guys i would have actually said those are going to be the guys to watch and they were the only players that did anything in this game and so uh yeah missouri wins a final score of 91 to 64 I don't know what to even begin with here. It was just so fun. I just love seeing a new season, uh, you know, get underway. And I, I talked about in our season preview that if you told me that Mizzou basketball was only going to score 50 points in every single game, I would be really excited to see who's going to score those 50 points. And if you're telling me they scored 91, then that makes it all the more exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and I mean, obviously, we've only seen one game. It's an extremely small sample size, but it's interesting to see, you know, who gets the minutes. What are the lineups? And so we got to see a little bit of that stuff tonight. Um, it was good that it wasn't a, a loss. I remember uh, that's happened before. A uh, season starting off on the wrong foot is not fun. So uh, Missouri left pretty much no doubt. I mean, from the get go, they were in control of this one. Yeah. Yeah, starting lineup of Xavier Pinson, Drew Smith, Mark Smith, Kobe Brown, and Jeremiah Tillman, which I believe is exactly what we predicted to be the most commonly used starting lineup mm-hmm. in our preview. Uh, I think first off the bench was Drew Bugs and Mitchell Smith. Mitchell Sounds Smith right. only played 11 minutes, but uh, I think Konzo came out after the game and said that he was feeling a little under the weather, yeah. so he would he typically would play, play more. more. Um, we got to see Jordan Wilmore, Parker Brown. Obviously, Javon Pickett was in there pretty quickly. 
he may have been part of that first rotation or first sub in as well according to the official box score no ed chang yeah um yeah no minutes for him so i wonder if he's the odd man out uh going forward but we've seen players not play a single minute in games especially newcomers i mean i remember last year mario mckinney and trey jackson they actually played in the first game of the season but then shortly after that they'd just be no shows and then they would come in and play meaningful minutes so we'll see yeah i would say honestly there wasn't a whole lot about this game that surprised me um the game pretty much went as exactly how i would think it would go especially with like individual performances i feel like the same guys that did what they did last year kind of did it again tonight yeah it was almost like stereotypical I mean, it absolutely was. It was stereotypical Drew Smith to go score 16 points, have five rebounds, six assists, and four steals. Right. I would say Drew Bugs, his role was pretty much exactly what we thought it was going to be, at least in this game. You know, he came in, he kind of uh, spared Xavier Pinson a few times, just kind of helped with ball handling. He was good at distributing. I don't know how much he scored. It didn't Zero. seem like a whole lot. Yeah. He was over. So, yeah. So, you know, that, that's pretty much exactly what we build him to be, at least in uh, last week. In our season preview, that's what he was tonight. Um, Tillman looked pretty good tonight. Um, didn't he? Didn't have an issue with fouls at all. Um, how many points did he end up scoring? Let's Eight see. points, and it seemed like I mean he had six points in like the first ten minutes of the game, and then didn't really do a whole lot offensively from there. Yeah. Um, but twelve rebounds. You'd love to see that. Yeah, it, he absolutely should be averaging. 12 rebounds for sure for the full season i agree and uh yeah missouri just got to the rim at will tonight it's almost like they just didn't even really need him as a post like offensive threat you know that they went to him the first possession of the game and it looked incredibly easy right and i think maybe the other players were like hey if it's that easy i think i'll go try to score a little bit yeah yeah oral roberts their interior defense was was pretty poor and drew smith like he does he's so crafty in the lane he just was doing what he does and xavier penson was driving and even mark smith had a few you know buckets at the rim so uh everybody was kind of just getting their fair share at the rim tonight drew smith has kind of what's now like this patented um pivot foot move yeah shot fake and it's so funny how like defenders seem like they just don't know what to do with it sometimes yeah he normally gets them off their feet yeah and, and then the help defense just kind of looks at him yeah. like they don't think he'll realize that he can just shoot it from five feet away yeah it's like and they forgot that about the mid, that. forgot about the mid-range yeah <laughs> it just yeah when he makes the first guy jump it's like oh well here's a automatic basket i'm waiting for the time where he tries that like in a huge game when it's tied and i'm just like he got it and he misses it's definitely this <laughs> it's definitely the signature move though it's his, his go-to and uh yeah i feel like every player was kind of showing off their signature thing i mean it was just penson getting to the rim he had a breakaway dunk he also turned the ball over five times yeah exactly um i i for some reason really noticed his length tonight like on defense like that was really apparent to me on the perimeter was he was just um really getting in the passing lanes and just using his long arms to just deflect passes and and get steals and stuff like that for some reason you know i've always noticed that but it was just really apparent tonight yeah. something i noticed for missouri on the defensive end was they absolutely wanted to switch everything mm -hmm. yeah they did and they were switching one through five but sometimes the switches were it was like they were going out of their way to switch and it was kind of messing up the rotations it was like they they wanted to switch so bad 
that sometimes it just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And it left them in a weird spot where they kind of knew it doesn't make sense to switch here, but I guess we're going to. And then they kind of got caught in no man's land where yeah. they were both. It was just like some imprecise switching sometimes. Yeah, I noticed that a couple of times. And I think that just comes down to communication. I think yeah. it, you can't, you almost can't have a rule that says we switch everything because a team, an offense can kind of use that to their advantage and trip you up. Mm-hmm. So the players just have to be communicating on whether they're staying with their guy or switching Yeah, because they'll, the offense will just kind of run like a faux screen just to get you to switch. I mean, that's what you see in the NBA all the time Mm -hmm. just to get those weird mismatches or Roberts thankfully wasn't able to take advantage of that. But I was just imagining, you know, some of these sec offenses with, you know, elite playmakers at the like forward, like power forward or point guard positions, just switching and getting horrendous mismatches. Mm-hmm. I would say the only thing that really surprised me in this game uh, was probably the tempo at which Missouri played. Um, really, the whole game, they were just attacking, and they were shooting early and often in the in the um, shot clock. Mm-hmm. And the, a lot of times they would in, inbound the ball to like almost half court like Xavier Pinson would just be running oh yeah and they would just throw it to him as he's running with it um and they were just looking to they, they had I, I don't know how many possessions they denied I think it was in the 70s or yeah. something uh 71 yeah so that's definitely a significantly faster tempo than they were playing at last year usually 75 75 yeah. I I think that's a good thing I I definitely felt like their offense just looked more fluid um, than it did last year, and um, obviously, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the f- with who they're playing. But uh, I just th- I thought they they executed really well. They, they they I loved watching the the faster tempo. Oh yeah, when a guard would come down with a rebound, they were just off to the races. Yeah, and they'd be looking for another guard to you know pass it ahead to. There was a couple where um, Penson found Mark Smith, and one time Drew found Mark Smith for the alley oop, but. Um, where they were just firing the ball up court to get moving. And obviously, hardly any fans, so you could hear the coaching staff more. You could hear Conzo yelling, go, go, when mm-hmm. a guard would come down with a rebound. Yeah. And a couple times, Kobe Brown came down with it and just tried to go coast to coast. Yeah. One time, very successfully. One time, not successfully at all. Yeah. Uh, resulted in a turnover. That was one thing. I can't help but mention the turnovers. That was frustrating. I mean, and it's not even... They had 17 turnovers, which if you've watched Mizzou basketball for the last five seasons, that maybe doesn't seem so bad. But, you know, five from Pinson, three from Tillman, those are... Those hurt in a close yeah. game. Yeah. There's no way Pinson should be turning over. Pinson or Tillman should either one be turning it over that many times. Yeah, Pinson is, is definitely a beneficiary of the up-tempo style for the most part. You know, athletically, he is so good at pushing the ball, and he's he just has this innate ability to control his body in the air. Like, he'll just be flying down the court, and then he can just stop on a dime and just do this really crafty layup with incredible body control. But also, that does lead to um, just some bad passes. And honestly, you could probably make the argument that they're good passes. They're so good that the that the recipient of the pass was like not ready for it that happened a few times but just uh yeah just some sloppy passing probably not not great decision making down low with some interior passes yeah um overall though 
Uh, Missouri finished with 18 assists, which is fantastic. Yeah. I would take that every single game pretty much. Um, when they, the defense was working, though, when the when the switches were working, I mean, um, Mitchell Smith was switching out onto guards and keeping them out of the paint. Kobe Brown was keeping up with guards pretty easily. So I was really happy to see that. When it was working, when it was on, they were really doing their thing. Of course, Drew Smith, like I mentioned, with four steals. I mean... He's everywhere. Complete snub last season for not getting a all-defense SEC team oh, yeah. recognition. Led the league in steals. But maybe he'll be on more people's radar this year. Obviously, if he gets uh, four steals every game, then he'll probably be breaking some kind of record. Yeah. One thing I noticed in this game was... Uh, I felt like the free throw shooting was not great. They shot 72%. Um, but sometimes I felt like their free throw shooting was the only thing they could do well offensively last year, and it kind of like kept them in games that oh, they yeah. probably shouldn't have been in. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that that's a trend that they are able to continue. And I, I feel like most games they shot better than 72% um, from, the, from the line. Um, what surprised me the most in this game was just the efficiency scoring in general. Yeah. I mean, as a team, they shot exactly 40% from three and 61.5% from two. That'll get it done. That absolutely will. Yeah. 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 There's just, I mean, not very many times are you getting to the rim, though, like they were able to do tonight. I, I just, I don't know if they'll be able to do that as efficiently in any game the rest of the year. Um, they were just not getting any resistance. Um, yeah, there were some plays where X and Drew and Mark were just like, oh, it's this easy? Like, yeah. I'm either just going to get fouled or score a layup. Yeah. Like, it, I'll just give it a shot. If you know Mark Smith's getting to the rim yeah. several times a game, you probably shouldn't read into it too much because right. that's just not typically his game. Uh, what yeah, you, you don't see that as much in SEC play. Right. And what is his game is uh, hitting like three consecutive threes against a bad team. Yeah, in the second half. <laughs> and being in the leading scorer. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. again, I, I, I want to get excited about Mark Smith. I think he's a really gifted player. I think he's a great shooter. He's an incredible athlete. Um, I just, he never seems to be able to sustain it uh, and he gets injured and stuff. So I'm just really praying that this is the year that he's able to continue to shoot well all year and, and stay healthy. How, how is this game just like an absolute, a microcosm of what anyone would expect? Like it was so on brand yeah. for the like, shooting though is a welcome surprise. You just you don't always expect that from a Mizzou basketball team, and that's obviously if anything is going to hold them back this season, it's going to be their shooting, specifically three point shooting. The fact that they went up against a pretty not great defense in Oral Roberts and took advantage of them. It's just too early to tell. Like if that's going to be a trend that continues, but. Um, certainly 100% they're going to make an effort to play faster tempo. I, I think that we definitely learned that tonight. That's going to be a difference this season, but we got you too early in the shooting. You can tolerate uh, turnover numbers like this. Yeah. In a game with a lot of possessions. Exactly. Yeah. You can absorb those a little bit better. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're, when you're turning, when you're turning over the ball 17 times, even still that's 23% of the possessions. But if we're, you know, in a slugfest, a uh, slow grinded out game, that's maybe 33, 35% of the possessions. What does Tillman need to do to alleviate some of the turnovers? Does he just need to be more decisive? Sometimes I think he 
yeah. hangs on the ball too long. I think so. There's plenty of times where he he's he's going to get double teamed, especially against an an overmatched opponent, size wise, like Oral Roberts or any most of these mid majors that we're going to play in the non conference. Um, that he's going to get doubled immediately, as soon as he gets the ball, and he just has to be okay with throwing it to the first open guy he sees. Mm. Yeah, I think he tries to do too much with it. Like he knows he's being double teamed and he should be able to create offense through it. And that causes him to try to do too much. Yeah. He and, has some great post moves, but sometimes yeah. they're just not effective when you're double teamed or, right. or they're expecting it. You're just going to, yeah, when you catch the ball, it's got to be frustrating for him when you catch the ball and immediately you've got four hands, Yeah, you know, swiping at the ball in your face and everything. But you got to be okay with it just kind of, this is something that, um, Jonte Porter was so good about. He did not hesitate when he saw it helped that he had Cassius Robertson and Jordan Barnett were usually the guys that he was kicking it out to, but he had those guys on the wings yeah. and he would just pivot and see one of them across the, the other wing and just fire it out to them with zero hesitation. Yeah. The inside outside game was on point. Yeah. I think we need to see a little bit more of that from Tillman, but I mean, most of the time when he's doing that, he's firing it out to Javon Pickett or Torrance Watson. It's not always Mark Smith. Yeah. And last season, Mark Smith was basically the only guy that you wanted him firing it out to. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Jordan Wilmore? Small yeah. sample size. What do you play, six minutes or something? Yeah. He's a big guy. <laughs> and he's a freshman. And he's got some work to do. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, most people's impression of him in this game is going to be colored specifically by his botched dunk yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah. It was not very pretty, but... It would have been if it went in. True. <laughs> um, when a seven foot three guy misses a dunk, it's alarming. Yeah. But just imagine... He's nervous. Oh, my gosh. Like, just knowing you might... Like, how many times this season he's thinking, okay, I have, like, a handful of opportunities to even score a basket yeah. this season. And he gets an opportunity just for an easy dunk. We've seen Tillman miss wide-open dunks. Yeah. It's so, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not reading too much into that. No, makes me feel bad. But there was times where he kept possessions alive, tipped the ball around solely because of how tall he is. Yeah, I I knew he was going to be enormous, but I still am not sure I was quite ready for, like, how big he truly is like he was standing next to somebody at the line once and i i don't know if they had like a guard out there for some reason standing next to him but i truly think that he was like a foot and a half taller than the guy he was standing next to during a free throw well, there was one play in particular where it was like something you see on like a high school it looked like he's playing against children yeah where he like got the rebound basically flat-footed <laughs> just reaching over yes. whoever he was standing in behind and then missed the putback but easily gathered it again and then put it in. Yeah. And it looked like it looked, when you, it looked like Taco Fall playing high school basketball. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, yeah. It almost looked like even younger, like little kids. Like there's just one kid that hit right. puberty before everybody else. And he's just like, get, yeah, he just flat-footed, like you said, just reached over the person who was probably 6'10 or something in front of him, you know? So, yeah, that, that was really crazy to watch. You just don't see that kind of thing in, like, a college basketball game. So, yeah, if he can develop some skills yeah. and get polished up a little bit, you know, 
they'll have something there. They got them listed at listed at two forty five. Think that's accurate? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Me either. <laughs> no, no, don't think so. <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Uh, Missouri's schedule's already got switched around on us. Yeah, you know? I don't even like know who their next game is. Boston College. Really? Of all teams. Yeah. In- interesting. So did we know they were gonna play them? No. Okay, I was gonna say that doesn't sound familiar. Uh, they play Boston College now on a, a week from tonight, on the second. So we'll have to figure out how exactly we're. Eleven thirty a.m. We'll have to worry wow. about that. We'll be <laughs> on a Wednesday. Yeah, we'll definitely be recording after that game. All right. <laughs> uh, Boston College. If you wanted to say more about Oral Roberts, sorry if I'm. I think we summed it up pretty well here. Boston College ranked eighty third in Ken Palm. Uh, still early, but 84th on offense, 20. No, that's 84th on offense and 84th on defense. Do we know where this game is being played? Is this like one of those uh, kind of non-conference tournament type settings? Yes. Uh, it's listed on Kimpom as a straight-up away game. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I see, too. Okay. Kimpom has... Missouri winning by two. Missouri now, after the win against Royal Roberts, ranked 54th in Kempom. Pretty good. So they were supposed to win, and Kempom thinks they won easierly. Yeah, they were predicted to win by 15, I think. Yeah, Yeah, they were up by 30 for around 30 for most of the second half. Yeah. I was impressed, I got to say. I was The shooting. Mm. I was happy. Can't ask for much more than that. 40% 40% from three. I'm ready for the next game. I would pay somebody money to guarantee that Missouri was going to shoot 40% from three for the season. I would pay money. How much? I don't want to know. <laughs> wow. And that's not a threat. I'm, I'm not cheating. I was going to say. That's literally something that can't happen. But <laughs> I'm getting a little nervous about Cameron. Uh, that's <laughs> don't really, tell the NCAA. He's messing it. with the integrity of the game. <laughs> If that was possible, I would look into it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to pick a three-on-three team? We got time for that. Oh yeah, we got time. Is Missouri going to beat Boston College? Mm, probably. Okay. Probably. Put you down for a probably. Yeah, put me down for a probably. Definitely probably. I know nothing about them, but other than they're eighty-fourth on everything. Eighty-fourth all around. <laughs> Their head coach is Jim Christian. They are a member of the ACC. I knew that. Some people think they will be looking for a new head coach at the end of the season. Maybe Sorry, Jim. can help them in that pursuit. Mike Bowa. He'll probably be available. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's pick a three-on-three team. Two of them, even. Yep. Uh, do you got a coin for us to flip? Yes. Terrific. Is it virtual? Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, you want to call like, it? This is like Missouri versus Illinois. And the coin flip. Oh, yeah. We're going to do a 30-minute TV special. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Stay tuned for the three-on-three episode. Yeah. All right. Heads. It is... Heads. Something fishy happened there. I think. No, it was just taking so long. Uh, Well, you're the one that wants to cheat now. Count the vote. Do you want to look at it? No, I believe you. I believe you. All right, right, Kyle. Who are you picking first overall? Uh, Give me Xavier Penson. Really? Yeah. You want... Okay. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 
What? Okay. That means I get back-to-back -back picks now. Snake draft. Snake Go draft. for it. Give me Drew Smith and Jeremiah Tillman. Now you get two picks to finish out your roster right here. Okay. Got th I didn't think about past those three players who I wanted. <laughs> uh, give me Mark Smith. And who do I want for my big? Do I want Mitchell Smith? Do I want Kobe Brown? Now, I don't want to help you out too much, but I think drafting Mitchell Smith last year tanked my chances of winning the vote on True. Twitter. But I went Smith, Smith, Smith. Nobody respected that. Which is kind of cool. Was it was absolutely cool. You were, you did not see that coming. I didn't. And you fell right into my trap. Did I have the option of picking second by, by winning the coin toss? Like deferring my, my first pick to you? you I know? thought about that after we started, so sorry. Maybe next year. Whatever. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, give me Kobe Brown. Good choice. Good choice. Okay. Drew Smith, Jeremiah Tillman. It's a pretty good duo. Absolutely. I, first, I wanted you to somehow overlook Mark Smith, but obviously that wasn't going to happen. Dude, he made three threes in a row tonight. Come on. Yeah. And he would, if he was on my team, he would definitely show up against your team. Right. Because he shows up against bad teams, right? I got it. That, yeah. That's the idea. Okay. Let me have. It's really between Torrance Watson and Javon Pickett. And I'm going to go with Watson. Ooh. Wow. Because he also splashes home threes against bad teams. <laughs> Eight of them against Chicago State. I'll just tell him that your team's called Chicago State. It would be good to <laughs> Yeah, go. there you go. Who do you think is more popular? Who, who do you think wins the uh, – is more popular with the Twitter vote, Pickett or Watson? Probably Pickett just because he – probably plays more i was thinking watson because he was like a more heralded recruit and has like a, kind of a flashier offensive game okay you know making making those shots sometimes true <laughs> absolutely <laughs> sometimes making those shots i, I think what, we might have to go back and look at the what's stats. my team here i gotta write this down penson mark smith kobe brown okay we might have to go back and look at the results is this the third time we've done this i think so i'm gonna make yeah. a prediction and this may already be false because I can't remember the results of the first time we did it. Who I think whoever has Jeremiah Tillman wins the the, the fan vote, the Twitter vote. Yeah, I kind of feel like you are going to win the Twitter vote because you have Drew Smith and Tillman. Those are two extremely recognizable names by the fan base. But if we're, if we're talking about an actual three-on-three -three game. Yeah. And, of course, this is in the spirit of NBA Street, the video game. How that applies here. <laughs> I guess it just means there's going to be game breakers. <laughs> um, there's a lot of alley-oops thrown in that game. I think that advantage Jeremiah Tillman. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, li I, I like your team. Thank you. <laughs> I like that that, uh, that Drew Smith-Tillman combo is pretty deadly. Yeah. If Tillman can not you know, foul. You right. got to keep that in mind, right? Yeah. No blood, no foul. So you uh, True. 
Yeah, I think honestly, if you're looking at like game theory optimal strat for this, you got to take Tillman first. Yeah, because Kobe is gonna have a hard time guarding Tillman, I think. And and what worst case scenario if you take Tillman first is I end up with Drew Smith and Mark Smith, and then we're just repeating. If last I take year. Tillman first, you, aren't you gonna take Drew Smith and Xavier Pinson? I don't know. You don't like it, Xavier Pinson? Yeah. I would. I would. I would end up going Smith, Smith, Smith. I think honestly. <laughs> but I know that's a losing formula, so I would probably talk myself out of it. I don't know. I guess yeah. Drew X and Mitchell Smith. That might be my path. But I don't have to think about it. It's a slam dunk for me. I've thought that before though, <laughs> and I've proven wrong. So get out there and vote. It'd be interesting to remember who we picked on our uh, other teams, because I'm pretty sure it's like all the same players are still there pretty much from like the past two years. Jonte was probably a part of it. Yeah. And Kevin Perrier. Yeah. We could go back and listen. We probably could. Yep, we could find it. Speaking of finding things. What a sec. You guys ready to wrap this up? Feel free. All right. I'm sleepy. Yeah, what is it, midnight? It is officially Thanksgiving. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, or on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod. And you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our T-shirts and stickers. Go to our website, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. And if you don't know, we're on YouTube. If you want to see what we look like, watch us record. That doesn't make sense. Watch us you know, video version of the podcast. YouTube's are, YouTube is video. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you next week. Bye.